This is the Accounting Influencers Podcast with Rob Brown and Martin Bissett. With Rob Brown and Martin Bissett. And thank you to our special sponsors, iris.co.uk. Martin, you saw a great video just recently from Iris, didn't you? Yeah, well, I think people don't know Iris is they were ahead of the game for MTD phase one because they were the first software there to be listed as approved by the HMRC TD filing. And guess what? They're fully prepared for the next. So they've got an MTD webinar on demand that you can catch up with at any time. Rob, where do they go to to see this? It's iris.co.uk forward slash MTD webinar. That stands for making tax digital for our international listeners. And there's some great stuff there that you need to know to guide you through the whole making tax digital initiative. So iris.co.uk forward slash MTD webinar. Right, Martin? That's right. So wherever you are in your journey, Iris know that they have the knowledge and tools to help you in the next steps. That's iris.co.uk forward slash MTD webinar. Welcome to our special guest interview here on the Accounting Influencers Podcast. I'm thrilled to have with me today, Mr. Glenn Morgan. Glenn, good day to you. Hello, how are you doing? Well, fantastic. Glenn, super to have you with us. For people that haven't come across, you tell us briefly what you do. Right. I run two companies. One is called Credit, which is works quite heavily in the insolvency and invoice finance industries, recovering uh, book debts for distressed businesses, etc. And the other one is It's Settled. Uh, and that is an automated credit control and cash flow management platform designed for SMEs, but also, you know, we get to them via uh, accountants, banks, invoice finance providers, funders, etc. Okay, so you can speak into the world of accountants. There's a lot going on at the moment. What kind of shape do you feel the accounting profession is in right now from your perspective? I think there's a lot of pressure because as the businesses are starting to feel the pressure. They look to their trusted advisors. Yeah, I'm sure that accountants are being asked to do lots of things that they haven't um, in the past, you know, going way beyond, you know, sort of compliance and, and the statutory stuff and actually being asked to be advisors. And as we all know, January usually ends up being a time where any business that's struggling in any way, shape or form makes the call to their accountant after worrying about it uh, after Christmas. So uh, I'm sure they're all really busy just to throw into the mix where they're all trying to meet tax deadlines as well. Speaking from the business side of things, Glenn, you deal a lot with these. What challenges do you feel the business fraternity are having right now are likely to face this year? I think um, 2022 is going to be very challenging for businesses. I think they've had two years of some struggling, some not, some thriving. But uh, all the while, the ones that were struggling were able to get some government money in and kick the can down the road, so to speak, so didn't have to worry too much about it. That money is drying up now, um, certainly in the UK, and um, the support is not there anymore. So, yeah, I think they're, you know, I think they're in for, um, for, a, for a challenging time. I think there's going to be an upsurge in insolvencies and, you know, a lot of turnaround restructuring and, and everything like that um, will be prevalent. All, all predictions lead to there being too much pressure on businesses at the moment and uh, something's got to give. And you bring up an interesting point in terms of cash flow, because a lot of loans that have been deferred will now be compayable uh, and tax bills that have been put off, a lot of furloughing and uh, grants taken out. That all gets kicked down the road, but it needs paying at some point. So what role do the accountants have in supporting businesses through these challenging times? Yeah, I think like I sort of referred to earlier, I think that um, additional support that they can give, you know, cash flow forecast, cash flow management, um, being aware of sort of tools and things that are out there that are going to be able to help 
businesses and you know they they're switched on to which ones are going to be useful for them and they're acting far more as advisors to uh, to their clients and they probably have had to do in the past i think that's going to be really key hand-holding to a certain extent and with the hand-holding accountants have long since wanted to be that trusted advisor whether they've stepped up into that role is perhaps a, a bone of contention do you feel accountants are equipped to handle the pressures that their business clients are under? Um, I think to a certain extent. I mean, obviously, if it gets too bad, then they start looking at restructuring insolvency practitioners and all that kind of thing. But as, as far as a, uh, you know, a trading business that just needs some help, advice and support, I think if the accountants have kept up to date with you know, all the developments that have taken place, the tools that are available, um, and they've evolved their offering, then yeah, I think they are best placed. I think people still very much see their accountants as, as you know, their most trusted advisor. Um, I don't think that's going to go away. I think anyone you trust to deal with your financials, then you you tend to trust them, you know, consistently. And people don't usually change accountants unless they've got a really good reason for it. And that's that, that trust has been lost. I think that, you know, it's usually a long-term relationship in the way that uh, that quite a lot of other business relationships aren't. So, yeah, I think not only are they best equipped to deal with it going forward, but I think, you know, I think that's what businesses would want as their first port of call. They'll only, they'll only look elsewhere if, if their accountants aren't helping them. And credit management, that's very much been your world for a long time now. Just give us some insight into what's happening in that world for the accountants and the business owners listening, Glenn. Yeah, I mean, there's you know, big businesses have always had access to, and I know this because I used to go in at sort of director level to some of them. Uh, big businesses have always had access and resource to, you know, getting a really decent credit policy, credit checking their customers, and everything like that. In the SME space specifically, obviously, my knowledge is is of the UK. They don't have access to that. They quite often only worry about it a couple of years after they've set up. And again, they might go to their accountant and ask for it. And it's you know, it's a very different skill set. There's not a huge amount of accountants that are comfortable offering, you know, credit control and credit management as part of their part of their offering. Um, so yeah, I think they need to look for, you know, what else is out there and available to, to supplement their services. But the world of credit management has got more difficult over the last couple of years. You know, the UK has got sort of 60, 70 billion overdue at any time owed to SMEs, and it could end up with some of them failing. So uh, it's really key now that as business does, hopefully, start to return to normal that, you know, they're, they're looking at the ways that they can improve that dramatically. And there's no reason to suggest that what's happening in the UK isn't happening all over the world in terms of debt and credit and money's being owed. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah, obviously we're very close to knowing the, the sort of stimulus that the British government put in, but there were packages agreed by by most developed governments around the world in order to help. Don't even want to think about how much is owed and how much government debt has been built up during this time. But yeah, like you said, something's got to give and I think it will be survival of the fittest for the businesses that keep their cash flow management under control. And, and for that, they're going to need their accountants to make sure that the advice is appropriate for their circumstances. Do you discern any appreciable difference, Glenn, in what separates the good accountants from the great? Because some have fallen short in these challenging times, maybe not said the clients as well as they could have done, being as proactive as they should have that intelligence, that commercial expertise to deal with the complexity of things going on. Have you seen a big difference? Yeah, we've seen we've seen a number of accountants sort of adding to their portfolio of services, should we say, not 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 necessarily doing it all themselves. What are they adding? What kind of things do you see them adding? So there is there is credit management interest. Um, you know, we're definitely seeing that. I think you know we discussed this before, but 
sort of 80 percent of accountants normally do the statutory the compliance you know the tax returns the keeping on top of things i think more and more are looking at uh, at the other services so the consultant side of things the you know the virtual fd or actual you know fd of that business you know if you're a five million turnover business, you can't afford a finance director. So you've got an accountant though. So why wouldn't you ask them to, you know, to step in and act on that side of things? Some offer corporate finance, you know, there's 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 a lot of things that they're expanding into. And why not? They've won the client, they've got their trust. It's much easier to upsell to the existing clients than it is to go out and win new ones because where are they coming from? Yes, that makes very good sense. Have you noticed how accounting firms have changed over recent years, perhaps in the way they're growing or winning work or standing out, because it is competitive out there. We know new businesses are starting all the time. We know there's a lot of insolvency work about, as you've indicated. So there's competition for this business. Have they changed much? They're not generally known for being agile and adaptive, are they? No, I mean, I guess it depends if their model has worked for them. If they just want to do, like we said, the statutory and compliance stuff, and they've got a a decent customer base and they haven't got any capacity and they've got no interest in recruiting more or anything like that, and they tick over well enough, then, you know, good luck to them. But, yeah, we are seeing more and more. I think there are a lot adding other things because they can see what's coming. And and I think the biggest thing is adopting automation, adopting digital solutions, and trying to adopt things that are going to make their lives a lot easier and that of their clients. That's a very good point. Is, is there any aspect of the accounting sector you feel hasn't evolved as quickly as it should have done? That's a really good question. Yeah, I think they the, the, the problem accountants probably face every day is that there are so many platforms, apps and things like that launching all the time. FinTech is a massive growth industry as is SaaS. It's overwhelming, isn't it? Yes, SaaS. Soft. So any accountant probably gets several requests every week. Look at this. This is the next best thing. Look at the next best thing. And, and I think part of their skill set at the moment needs to be looking at them and and finding out very quickly whether they're number one, if they've got a USP, number two, if they're, you know, better than what's on the market at the moment and and really being able to cut through them all because otherwise they just get bombarded. There's too many. They haven't got enough time to be looking at all of them and deciding which ones are good and which ones aren't. So I would advise them to look for existing client testimonials, you know, for these people who've used it and, you know, can see that side of things and actually other accountants that have used it. I know sometimes it's a new product to market and there may not have been anybody who's used it. So they might need to have a demo or anything like that. But, you know, if they've got any kind of traction so far, then uh, then that's fairly useful for them to find out what others think of it. You pick up on a good point there. The vendors have loud voices these days and often big budgets, and they're very persuasive with accounting firms in pushing them to take on certain softwares and methodologies. And managing partners and even CTOs, chief technical officers, they're not always in the best place to make good strategic decisions on technology. Any advice there? Yeah, I think it's about adding something new to what you've got. So yeah, I mean, without, without mentioning names, We've got a a particular uh, software that claims to do what we do, but doesn't. And in reality, it doesn't actually do anything more than your zeros or your QuickBooks or your Sage or whatever does does for you anyway. Thousands of accountants in the UK have been put on their sort of training, signed up to be a distributor of this thing, and then realised that, you know, there's been very little uptake because the actual end user has realised 
there's no difference. I've got this already, so why would I go for it? But the, the sales team of that particular organization has obviously done a fantastic job on these accountants, convincing them that it's something that they need whilst promising them a, a, a commission. So I think it's, yeah, they've got to cross-examine in a certain way to, to work out if that really is going to be something that's uh, that's useful for you. Because, you know, there are some fantastic platforms out there and I can, you know, name several, but uh, obviously we're not going to start advertising various ones here. They all know exactly how to speak to accountants. They've done their research and everything. I think that's key is just being being prepared to cross-examine them and find out why they're different and why you as an accountant should actually bother using them at all. Let's talk about one you do have permission to speak on and that's it settled. Uh, <laughs> what's the proposition there for accountants? Yeah, so we're effectively, as I said, automated credit management and cash flow uh, management platform. It integrates to all of the major accounting software providers, pulls across the invoices, and then the uh, accountant or the user can pretty much forget about it. It's chased regularly through an automated process with follow-ups, got query management functionality. You can pause the process when there's a payment promise, et cetera. So our proposition, as opposed to anything else that's on the market, is they claim to have the automation, but in reality, the user has all the heavy work still to do. They have to choose what to do and when to do it. Ours takes that away for you. So it's using my 28 years credit management experience to codify a process that I know you know, has worked to collect in billions over the last sort of 10, 15 years. And anything that helps accountants save some time and doing the, the mundane automated stuff has got to work, hasn't it? It has. And we've also helped a few accountancy firms recently develop credit control as an offering to their client. They up their monthly retainer to the client. They offer to do credit control for them. And then they don't because we do. So they spend about 10, 15 minutes a day on it, just logging in, just to make sure everything's ticking over. But, you know, they're Upsell opportunities have been fairly significant um, on that. And, you know, once again, they're not losing the trust of the client. They're not losing the client in any way. They're not sending them off to somewhere else to deal with anything. So, you know, it keeps that relationship and, and actually enhances it. And this is going beyond what a general ledger company would do with the, the bookkeeping and cash flow and seeing where a business is at any point in time and what it's owed and, and what it has in the bank. Yeah, I mean, obviously, it goes beyond that because you can look at you can look at the overdue position. You can see the types of queries that you get in it. It tells you how to resolve all the various queries, and it uses the mindset and the skill set of a credit department. So anyone receiving the the chasing from there will just think that either the company themselves or the accountant acting on their behalf has dedicated, qualified credit people dealing with it, which obviously is not the case if you've got a bookkeeper or anything, despite the fact that lots of bookkeepers use it because then they can bridge that gap. And once again, it looks like they know what they're doing. If an accountant listening is thinking, yeah, credit management, credit control is something I would like to add. It seems like a good fit for what we're doing. What does good credit control look like and what might be some first steps for them to take? Good credit control, very simple, is consistency. Consistency regarding the treatment of any customer. So you treat the good and the bad, whatever you perceive them as being, in exactly the same way, with exactly the same process at exactly the same time. Right from credit checking, you know, before dealing with them in the first place, being prepared to set, you know, a sensible credit limit for them and sticking to it all the way through to you know getting the invoicing correct making sure it's got all of the various things that it needs on it to make it legally uh, compliant resolving queries quickly you know don't give customers the excuse uh, not to pay because they'll take it and they'll nurture it and they'll wait and then yeah a defined consistent process with set steps at set times that are followed every single time and each one escalating 
from the previous one. There's no point. One of the accounting software providers, for instance, um, offers a thing where you can send a reminder. And it's exactly the same reminder each time. And it's just one line in an email. And, you know, it's just terrible. And that's one of the biggest accounting software providers in the world has that as a tool on there that they've sort of bolted on. And yeah, it just doesn't make any sense. But yeah, treating all customers the same, very important, being prepared to escalate and realizing if you do treat them all the same, you'll actually keep the relationship with them, despite the fact you're chasing you for money, which people seem scared of. That's very diplomatic of you not to mention that particular company, Glenn. Uh, Our commercial partners and sponsors might be pleased if it is them. We don't know. In terms of what's coming up for the accounting profession over the next few years. Get your crystal ball out. I know it's dangerous to predict. We won't put money on it, but what do you feel is coming up over the next few years? As I said, I think there's the challenge. I think the way that accountants service their clients, the way they innovate will be very important. But yeah, I think as far as you know, the sort of crystal ball for the economy in general, I think it, yeah, I think it's going to be a tough tough few years, but with the right support that they and the right technology and the right partners and everything, then yeah, I think the accountancy profession is going to do perfectly well out of it. Are you seeing an increase in insolvency where you're looking businesses going out of business? There is. There definitely was. It's just been released the sort of Q4 figures in the UK for last year, and there was an upsurge, but it's still the ones that you would expect. So construction and retail, hospitality being very heavily impacted. I think there'll be a much broader range happening this year. The support money's run out and now it needs to be repaid. So uh, that's a tricky time, not mentioning everything else that's going on. Sure. We could put a lot of that down to COVID. Is any of that down to poor credit control and management? Yeah, well, the, the late payment issue has, has increased. It was about 48, 50 billion pre-COVID. It's now monitored at being 61, 62, but that's, once again, that's six months out of date. So it wouldn't surprise me if it was up near the 70 mark now. So a lot of it is 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 late payment. Government measures preventing action being taken to chase late payment. Businesses became aware of that. There was landlord forbearance. They weren't allowed to take action if they weren't paid for the properties that their tenants were in. You know, there's been a lot of things that prevented people from collecting from you know anyone and businesses have taken advantage of that. Sometimes whether they needed to or not, they've just done it because they could. You're a very passionate guy. You've been doing this a long time, but you continue to be invigorated by the challenges ahead. What excites you most for this year coming up? With everything that's happened in the last two years and, and with us launching just before that, obviously our traction didn't hit where it should be. But we know all of these things have kicked the can down the road. So there is going to be a lot of a lot of issues, late payment, you know, and all the other things we spoke about. So the thing that excites me is being able to help as many businesses as possible and help them maintain a positive cash flow and and, and hopefully beyond the next couple of years still be around and thriving and growing. And you know, nothing gives me greater pleasure than having a chat with a director after we've helped them for a period of time of a business who, uh, you know, was really struggling and they've got nothing but positive things to say. And, you know, that that makes you go to bed at night with a smile on your face. So that's, that's what I'm looking forward to. And do you tend to deal directly with the businesses or do you work through accountants to get to those businesses? Well, both. Yeah, we have a we have a direct acquisition strategy, but we, if I'm honest, we prefer going via accountants because if you've got the trust of the accountant that's dealing with them, they're then their trusted advisors of that business. So you've already got 
you know, one one step towards being able to help them. I think accountants are also very good at identifying within their portfolio the ones that are likely to, you know, to benefit most from it. So we like going down that route. Uh, to a lesser extent, banks, funders, et cetera, you know, they're not necessarily as trusted. You don't trust your bank maybe as much as you trust your accountant. But yeah, we like those routes to go in because I think it, it gives us a sort of softer landing to get in front of them. And what questions, a couple of questions, could an accountant ask of their client that would bring up a need for what you do or highlight a red flag, if you like, which would make them think, let's give Glenn Morgan a call? So the, the things we normally say is a growing or large 90-day debt column. So something that's been outstanding for quite some time. And certainly if they're doing their cash flow forecasting and have a link to their accounting software and anything like that, then they'll have an understanding for that. Any that have had you know, a bad debt that they've had to write off, that they're worried about the impact of that on their business. Just any that are concerned about cash flow, maybe even applied for a loan and been rejected um, because quite often the amount that they've applied for is actually sat on their debtor book and they can get that sorted out and then they don't need the loan anyway. And you're in an unusual situation, Glenn, in that you run two companies. Tell us quickly about credit. So credit established in 2009, we're one of probably four or five of the sort of bigger collection agents in the UK that deals with turnaround distress restructuring in the invoice finance and insolvency sectors. So we do collect out when it's too late, but we also very much enjoy and very much get involved in where somebody refers us into a business. And like I said, they've got a big 90-day column. Uh, they've got issues. They've not been you know, collecting it properly. It's either a resource issue or various sort of reasons why it's not gone, not gone well. So we go in there, support them, get it all back on track, and hopefully send them back into the sort of mainstream to continue. Um, we know that the UK is your heartland. Do you deal internationally with businesses and accountants? Yeah, so we collect from every country. I think we've, you know, nearly every country in the world we've collected from. Plans in the future, certainly, with it settled to go international. But at this stage with credit, the insolvency legislation and the, the way that we work has been confined to the UK. Could have maybe expanded until a couple of years ago when all of a sudden that didn't seem as uh, as attractive. And uh, if people want to have a conversation with you, Glenn, from wherever they are, what's a good way for them to reach you? However they like, yep. Yeah. So the web, the website, email address, glenn at settled.co.uk or glenn at credit dependent on your preference.co.uk. But yeah, all my mobile number, I assume that'll be linked to that or I won't, I won't shout it out now. Sure, that's <laughs> fine. And just in closing, Glenn, what words of advice or encouragement would you give to the accounting practitioners listening to help them serve their clients better in the coming year? Stay close to them. I think as, as much as possible, you know, don't wait for it to be, you know, annual return time if you're only doing that side of things for them. But yeah, stay, stay close to them. I think that the better relationship they've got, the more that their clients feel they can approach them for anything then they're really you know proving their worth and ensuring their loyalty for years to come great words glenn morgan of credit and it's settled that's been terrific thanks so much for your time today thank you very much for having me thanks rob and a big shout out to one of our newest commercial partners it's practice ignition how would you explain what those guys do businesses such as accounting and bookkeeping firms use practice ignition to one help them grow two, be more efficient, and three, create win-win client relationships. How global are these guys? There are nearly 5,000 accounting and professional services firms around the world who use Practice Ignition, and they do so to win new business with impressive digital proposals. They engage clients with a clear scope of work and get paid on time by automating payment collection. PI integrates with the leading business apps such as Gusto, QuickBooks, Xero, Zapier, 
and it does so to automate time-consuming tasks, allowing the practitioner to run their practice on autopilot and automate time-consuming tasks such as client onboarding or invoicing. 91% of their customers spend less time creating proposals and chasing signatures and payments. 87% were able to cancel other software subscriptions and 80% are fewer or no unpaid invoices at any given time. That's amazing. So if you're in the US, we'd say, say hello to zero account receivable. If you're in the UK, we'd say impressions that last payments made fast. And if you're in Australia, we'd say first impressions that win new business every time. For the entire world, the bottom line is that you can get to use PI right now. We've got a special offer from our PI partners. Use the code AIR21 to receive 25% off all plans for your first six months info.ignitionapp.com forward slash AIP for accounting influencers